Welcome to Trinity Radio. I'm Braxton Hunter, and along with me is Jonathan Pritchett. And I am fresh back from Canada. Had a blast up there, and today we are going to be talking about why I am a really strange gothic atheist. Stick with us. We're forgiven, we're shown mercy and grace, and our punishments probably aren't as harsh as they should be, even within this lifespan. Do skeptics bring objections to the case? Of course they do. What's going on with you today? <laughs> they just don't like it. They don't like it that God is just and he has every right as creator to do what he will. God is the best explanation for the beginning of the universe. Of now y'all having to look at our faces, which for that I apologize. So a video was sent to us by a friend on Facebook with this really creepy guy. He had long blonde hair, pale skin, red eyes. Yeah. Looked to be a man in his 40s, probably trying to cling to whatever sort of uh, youthfulness he might have had at one point in his life. Well, at the end of the video, you see him normal. So I think he really tried to, like, goth it up for this video. Well, he didn't look normal. at the. <laughs> okay, unless you're Steve Gregg. Don't have long hair. Don't have long hair. You look... <laughs> don't have long, scraggly hair like that. That's... Anyway, before you quote John 7, 24, that's about situational appearances, not the way someone dresses. So um, seriously, man, grow up. Okay, so uh, <laughs> we are being a little bit snarky, and the video is linked in the uh, No, I'm comments, being serious. I'm like, this guy's, the way he looks at his age is... Creepy. It, it's it, Not the way it's, he means it's creepy. creepy. I mean, it's, I guess it could be cool if you were like... 17 in high school and yeah. you're going and through a phase. And he never moved past that. Is your right. Point. He never moved pa past You'll notice it. that sometimes we're a little more direct with, uh, you know, uh, Western people that are pretty well like us, except atheists. And when they're, re particularly when their reasons, like we think they probably know better. You know, yeah, it's mean, a little, it's a little, we're, we're a little more straightforward than we might be with like those Hindu kids yeah, that were really nice. They, they were nice. This guy yeah. needs to get out of his mom's basement. So the video is linked in the show notes or in the YouTube video comment or uh, yeah, information section. And it, uh, be warned that there is some very strong language that this guy uses. He's apparently very emotional about what he's talking about. Not like some of the other atheists we've had who are just kind of like matter of fact, this guy he means it, and he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and we'll talk about why, because he does get into that. I have a chip uh, on my during, shoulder, too. Look at the way he carries himself. I, it's very clear you have a chip on your shoulder. Yes. We're, we're, no one's confused. Get a haircut. About it. Get the red eye paint off your face, and get a job. So, um, uh, we both watched this. I think it's kind of cool, though, that we're to the point now in the new season where people have figured out our new kind of format. And they're sending us video like, respond to this. Like, we want to know what you would say to this guy or this mm -hmm. lady or whatever. And we Which actually was, have a backlog. This was a guy, right? We think, yes, this yeah. is a guy. I wouldn't though, let my daughter dress like her. You know, gender is supposed to be fluid these right. days, so who really knows? Uh, but I think he would think he's a guy. Um, so uh, we can jump right into this. Uh, there are a couple of things that I think should be mentioned uh, from the jump. These are Braxton Hunter's principles of critiquing Christianity. 
All right, and there are two principles that you need to understand or else you're going to crash uh, the whole apparatus into a logic wall that you didn't intend to <laughs> crash into. Uh, and there's two principles for this particular video. Principle one is people who want, because the video is basically talking, and we'll go through point by point, the video is basically talking about uh, something that is kind of obliquely the, the, called the atrocities of the Old Testament. Uh, he's focusing primarily on uh, God commanding killings, uh, God commanding the killings of men, women, and children, uh, cattle, donkeys. He even seems to be concerned about the donkeys, um, uh, uh, the, the sacrifice of Isaac. You know, these things that happen in the Old Testament that do cause you to raise your eyebrows and think, I, I would like to have an answer to why God <laughs> commanded that. Uh, but we did a show similar to this last year, uh, and there are, and I mentioned this then, but principle number one is, and we're going to see this played out as we look at what this fellow had to say. Principle number one that atheists need to understand when they criticize the Old Testament is from a Christian, a Judeo-Christian perspective, death is not the end. That is very, very important for you to understand. If you think death is the end, then a lot of these things do seem a lot worse than they are in reality, but death isn't the end from our perspective, okay? Uh, I know that you think that death is the end, and I know you don't actually believe, as you made clear, that God exists or that Satan is real and all that, but the fact that you understand we think that death is not the end is important to how you analyze what we have to say, as we'll see as we move forward. And then principle two is judgment is actually a good thing. Some things that seem bad, are actually good things, right, Dr. Pritchett? Mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, uh, if we catch a, a person who has committed some sort of a crime here, he may not appreciate or like being in prison. If you are okay with the death penalty, he may not like being put to death. Uh, but the fact is we consider that judgment, though horrible in uh, to experience and horrible even for the people involved to have to um, execute whatever judgment it is, that judgment itself is a good thing and a very helpful thing and perhaps a necessary thing. So death is not the end, principle one. Judgment is actually a good thing if it's the proper judgment, all right? Yeah. With those two principles, I think we're uh, ready to move forward. But Dr. Pritchett, do you have anything other than commenting on this fellow's physical appearance, anything else you want to say about him? Seriously, get a haircut. I mean, I like long Aside hair. Aside from his I want No, I want long hair. I've, people have seen pictures of me. I grow my hair out. But I mean, I'd this like guy has like... Don't you think I'd like to have some long hair? I, I know you would. And that's why... One <laughs> I of the once did, why, by the way. One of the reasons why I want to grow my hair out long, like Steve Gregg, is just to bug you. So you can donate some of it to my cause? Is that what it is? Yeah, but, but, but seriously, this guy, he's got this long, stringy bleachy blonde hair with his bleachy blonde makeup and his red eyes and his gothic it's outfit. It's like a Marilyn Manson look. And I can't get past it. It's like when you speak, I can't take you seriously when you're trying to be creepy guy. Yeah. Um, but in addition to your two points, I do want to add also that sometimes we think certain judgments are harsh, but they always conveniently forget what led, what was going on that led God to have such a sure. sin has consequences and severe ones. And when you look at how horribly wicked these people are, it's not some ongoing mandate of Yahweh for us to go for Jews and Christians in perpetuity to ah, conquer people. Yes, that will these come are, up too. These are very contextualized events in the early history of a nation. Yes, we could add a third principle, yeah. though. Uh, not The two principles I add are because each of his things pretty well presuppose that, you know, death is the end and that judgment 
might not be a good thing. Yeah. But we could add a third principle, which is what you said, that not everything that anyone in the Bible does is God telling us to do what he did. Right. right. It's not all you go and do likewise. Yeah, know? right. I mean, uh, you know. Uh, it's not like in Islam where there's just this open mandate to continue on uh, jihad. You know, th these were very specific events uh, that are specific to a people mm -hmm. long ago. And I'm sorry that modern sensibilities don't like ancient warfare and ancient mm -hmm. war rhetoric, but, you know, that's a problem with your sensibilities. It's not really a problem with anything that actually happened. Yeah. And why God executed that judgment in history. But the reason I think these principles need to be mentioned up front is because, and we saw this last year in a similar video, but but what people want to do, like we, we get, don't misunderstand, we get that you, I don't, he doesn't give his name, uh, you, uh, blonde, creepy, blonde creepy Marilyn guy. Manson, yes. what you, we get that what you have an issue with, with Christianity, you don't believe that God exists, you don't believe in Satan, you made that very clear, you said that, we understand that. However, if you're going to look at our worldview and suppose that God uh, is is real and then try to determine whether or not he's acting justly or commanding just things, you've got to take the whole ball of wax into consideration. In last year's episode on this issue, I said you've got to put on all the clothes of our worldview, but I come up with an analogy that I think is pretty good. Imagine that I disconnected the cockpit of a 747 and then pointed out that planes obviously can't fly because I've been watching this cockpit for hours and it has never flown. And in fact, we can look at the cockpit and see that it doesn't have wings. It doesn't have an engine. Therefore, 747s don't fly. Okay, you'd say, wait a minute. The cockpit is just one section of the 747. You need the whole thing in order to judge whether or not it can fly. In the same way, you can't isolate part of the biblical story and say, look, God is ordering Israel to kill people. Obviously, God is evil or self-contradictory wait a minute, you're looking just at only the cockpit and saying it doesn't fly, right? If you're going to assess the biblical picture of God, you need to look at the whole ball of wax. For, for our purposes here, you need to include, in your conclusion, God is maximally just and therefore has the right to execute judgment on those who have violated his law. And then death is not the end of human existence. Now, with the whole plane in place, you're ready to test whether it can fly. But isolating a piece of the story is akin to pointing out a severed cockpit and declaring 747s don't fly. Right. And pretty good, huh? I thought that was I pretty like good. that analogy. Yeah. You gotta you gotta look at it from within the worldview perspective. I'd also like to add that on his worldview, he has no foundation or ontology to make a judgment about Yahweh's character one way or the other, given that right. he's an atheist. Right. And we've talked about that. Plenty of Ad nauseum. So, but this video, for me, I thought it was rather pedestrian. And then, of course, with the uh, hair and makeup and coffee look of the whole thing, I, 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 I can't take it seriously. This is not a serious challenge. To well, it's, it's somewhat like the uh, like if a Christian said to uh, an evolutionary biologist. Uh, well, how come there's still monkeys that haven't turned into humans yet? Yeah, first... If, therefore, evolution is false. First, right? he starts with a really... It's like the really hyper-Arminian guy who says, Your God is Satan. I mean, that's basically what he says. That is exactly with. what he right. says. Right, so it's like one of those crazy Arminians that, <laughs> right. I can't worship, your, your God of Calvinism is actually Satan. You know, yeah. But yeah. right there, my my whole, okay, this guy's a joke, you know, right. um, that... that as if there's not distinctions within the text that he didn't bother to read more carefully between those two people. Um, 
number one, God, you know, Satan primarily is a deceiver. God's not deceiving. Mm -hmm. He's saying, if you do this, this these are the consequences. Right. And lo and behold, when He's they right. behave in a certain <laughs> way, they get the consequences. He's not deceiving anybody. So let's um, consider some of the things that were brought up. Um, the first thing that he mentions is the killing of the firstborn son in Egypt. And he yeah. says, look, look, uh, th this is something that God wanted to happen. Uh, this is this is awful. Uh, and he even says this is, uh, and he uses an expletive, this is effing crazy or something like yeah. that. Uh, okay, remember our two principles. Uh, death is not the end, and judgment is actually a good thing, right? right. Okay, was this an act of judgment? Yes. Why, yes, it was. Is God a maximally just being as Christians conceive of him? Yes, he is. Therefore, he can enact this justice, right, or command this justice to be done, this judgment. Okay, well, what, but, but what about the fact that these are firstborn sons, and in some cases perhaps young, uh, and that's not fair. They didn't do anything wrong. Well, in, in actuality, you're right if death were the end. But remember principle number one, death is not the end in our perspective. Right. And these children would have likely grown up in this pagan culture and worshipped false gods and all that sort of thing. And now guess what? They're going to be everlastingly in the arms of the Savior. So on your worldview, positing just the cockpit that God exists and ordered this, yeah, the plane doesn't fly. But if, on the other hand, you understand that God is just and there's judgment and death is not the now, end. let's be fair, though, because there are Christians who don't believe what you just said about every single innocent child that dies in, you know, below a certain age. Not everyone believes that they're all going to heaven. Oh, you're saying there are Christian perspectives. Right. Like some extreme forms of Calvinism that would say, no, just as... Uh, well, there probably are many. There, there are elect and non-elect children. Or, well, for that to be true, you'd have to be saying that there are some Arminians that think all babies are going to go to hell. Is that what you're trying to say? I'm, I'm just saying I, I've, I've met Arminians who don't take a dogmatic stance and would say, well... I just say, I don't know. Yeah, and then you've got guys like Jerry Walls who say it's quite possible that there is post-mortem evangelism and that these babies ultimately have to make a decision one way or the other, yeah. here or in the hereafter. But the bottom line is, what it is still goes back to yeah. death isn't the end. Yeah. And so the, it and what takes is the, the sting what out is the ultimate character of God who right. mercy? So yeah. um, I, I believe that, that... Now, at the same time, though, we cannot forget that corporately... Egypt was deserving of punishment, and that is a punishment. It is a harsh punishment. Right. So what? That doesn't make it unjust. It means you don't like it. Right. What you know? it means is it looks bad, so God's evil. No, it looks bad, and to experience it would have felt bad, but it's a just judgment, which actually makes it a good. And everyone watching this thinks so if you think any criminal should ever be punished for anything or incarcerated for anything yeah. or get any kind of judgment from the state. Um, and it's, then we're just talking about degrees of punishment right. and well, justice. And, and does it become less just because the adults were punished for um, by having their, their young people, the, the firstborn, taken from them? Okay, if, if a man uh, is a, a child molester, for example, and I take his child away from him to a different house, am I doing something unjust to the child, or am I actually benefiting the child? I'm benefiting the child. Right? And in the same way... In the same way, if death is the end, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. That would be completely unjust, uh, or at least it would seem to be completely unjust, to kill that kid just to punish the parent. But... If death is not the end, then what we have is more akin to, 
he's doing some horribly destructive things uh, by violating God's law. So we're going to take that kid away from him to another place. The best of all places, the presence <laughs> right. of God, right? Right. The best of all uh, foster parents, right? So, so uh, I think, uh, I think again, these two principles kind of. Yeah, work. and I don't want to minimize that the severity of the punishment. Yeah, it's shocking. God killed the firstborn of every person in Egypt that didn't have the blood over the door. Right. Yes. Behave yourself. That's what he's trying to tell you. Right. And behave yourself. Right. You know, yeah. uh, punishment is severe and swift on the wicked. And that's just, you know, it's like I say in our opening credits every time, you know, people just don't like it that God has absolute yeah. right to judge however he wills to judge. Right. And, right. you know. They just don't like it. They don't like it that God is just. Right. And he has every right to. Well, I've, I've yeah. heard it so many times. <laughs> right. It's just, yeah. yeah. See, on other podcasts, people skip the intro. You uh, cannot yeah, yeah. skip. Honey, you just can't yeah. do it. Everybody it's, loves honey. Yeah. yeah. And then they turn uh, off when we start talking. You so that, to me, those two principles help yeah. us with the killing of the firstborn son. Now, you may disagree, and you may still have an emotional reaction. Well, yeah. guess what? I still have an emotional reaction, but your emotional reaction does not a logical criticism make. Yeah. What we've said makes perfectly fine sense, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Now... With the the next thing you brought up was Abraham, right? Abraham. No, the next thing he brought up was God's decision to destroy man and beast in the flood. Okay, so he's not getting the order right anyway. Right. Well, okay, sure. <laughs> right. But but he's not going in uh, sequ- sequential order. Right. These, these were horrible people. I also disagree with some theological positions that try to say this is the way everyone is. Uh, that the thoughts of man's heart are only evil continually and all that sort of thing. These were a specific group of people in the history of the world who were so horrible that God decided to destroy the world with water, save one family. Uh, these are pretty bad people. Right? Yeah. Uh, but, and again, uh, so uh, you have this judgment. Well, but there were kids, and this was this was actually the specific thing we dr- addressed last year when someone wrote in. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but yes, you're right, there were kids. But again, death is not the end. Okay, but but it might have been painful in that case and, and that sort of thing. Well, yeah, well, people experience pain even if they live. That's just a part of life. That's part of having a coherent system in a world that, that makes sense and works and all that right. in a fallen world. So, yeah, people are going to experience pain and suffering, but kids, you know, in the, in the flood that died, death is not the end. And as for the adults, it's a judgment. And God is a maximally great judge who has the freedom to judge if he wants to judge. And by the way, he's the perfect of all judges because he has all of the facts at his disposal because Christianity posits that he is omniscient in addition to being all-powerful and all-loving. So this right. is, again, you can't just take so, the cockpit. So Marilyn, is that what we're calling this guy? Sure. Okay. sure. So Marilyn, um, no, he's not. That's your mom's name. We're not going to call him Marilyn. Well, thank you. Um, what was the other guy uh, in Marilyn Manson who was like the blonde base Twiggy? Twiggy. We'll call him Twiggy. All right, so Twiggy <laughs> here, um, he does not have the base of knowledge to make the judgment against God, whether God is just in doing that or not. Right. So despite not having an ontology to make the claim in the first place, he also lacked, he's not, he doesn't have the correct perspective to adjudicate that particular instance or any of these instances or a foundation for justice right no ontological yeah. basis to make a claim in the first place that it's wicked but even even if even if he could justify an objective moral system 
absent God, which no one has been able to do. Not even the guy who posts dissertations in our comment sections has been right. able to do. Um, Justin, right? Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, so this Twiggy guy is down on two counts. He hasn't really thought this through. It, this is the problem with the Hitchens rant. You've never thought through what your argument is. You're just flinging manure and yeah. thinking that you're making a point. Um, then he whines about the donkeys, you know. And so when I, I was eating, you know, chicken, <laughs> watch the video you sent yeah. me, yeah. you know, and I'm thinking, okay. Yeah. So this guy, this guy must be a vegan if he's got a, if he's upset about animals dying, yeah, right? Man, those donkeys. And and, uh, and if he and even if he is a vegan, uh, where do you draw the line? Plant death? I mean, what are you? Doing <laughs> right. on? Yeah, I mean, what was the end game here? Just if you're going to be a vegan, be a vegan for whatever you like vegan food, but don't bring in not your, for philosophical reasons. No, or your you know maybe you we'll do a show why I'm a vegan. Sometime. Moral objection yeah. <laughs> to my eating a cheeseburger. But uh, okay, so then so again the two principles we brought up handle that issue. What about the sacrifice of Isaac? You know, uh, and he even he even says here, uh, and this is where you really do. I'm sorry, I, I don't want to be unkind to you. He does. Yes, but what very I, much but, so. But what I do want to no, say, no, it's the look at me. I make my video. Right, and right. I'm make yeah, yeah. So yeah, you. you he, he made a video and he yeah. said, "Here you go." People are unkind but, to me all the time. I I still get up every day and. Well, I don't want to be unkind to you, Terrence, but you made a horrible mistake by saying that the sacrifice of Isaac is something that Christian parents are supposed to say to their kids. Now, you do this likewise. I mean, he basically, I mean, he does flat out say, this is a model example for how Christians are supposed to act today. What? Where in the world is that? What, what, what you, like, what in the world? Like, this, this is like saying, okay, look, Noah built an ark. That's in the Bible. Now Christians are all supposed to build arcs, <laughs> right. right? Is that what we're doing here? Yeah. Uh, and or even evil things like Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now everyone's supposed to eat of the tree of knowledge if they can. They need to find it and eat. What I mean, what are we doing here? No, because something in in the Bible doesn't mean. What sort of a hermeneutic gets you to the position that anything mentioned in the Bible is something you're supposed to do? Crazy person, I'm telling you, it's, it has to do with the fact that he's malnutrition from not eating meat or dairy um and his brain's just not working and, you know, I, I no i'm sorry if you're going to do the look at me thing and you're going to look like that i'm not going to take you seriously well sometimes it's um, okay to speak back with a little force because it's really there's a third party viewing this you know and and they need to know that this i mean i mean tony's position is just absent of any serious thought about about how to understand literature right you know? and the way the the, the whole goth thing, I can't get past it. I, you know, I'm sorry. I know that... Do they still call it goth? I don't know what they call it. This guy needs to cut his hair off because even... He doesn't even have, like... He has, like, women's hair for a long time. Okay. Hair. And I'm just, it looks like I he's conditioned. And, I can't... Yes, I can't get past <laughs> this because he wants us to take him seriously. And I'm sorry, dress the part. If you right, want to be right. Taken. Seriously. Well, and he I, wanted to make an impression, and, and he certainly, saying, hey, he certainly did that. Yeah, but he, I know there's some Christians out there saying, "Yeah, I've got tattoos too. I want to grow my hair long." It's, it's not about that. It's, it's not about, about that. It's okay, but draw the line at the weird makeup and the and the. I mean, well, on. it's like Benjamin Franklin thought about these things. Uh, he said, uh, "No fashion, whatever your time is, the fashions of that day, like that's fine. Pay attention to that. Just don't let it overcome you, right? <laughs> right. But let's take his words." Seriously, do pay attention to that a little right, bit. Yeah. I mean, dress the okay. part if you want to lecture um, Christians. The, 
because you know I was in a we've seen the the pictures you've thrown up. You bring on it up every chance you get. That I was in music and, and <laughs> you all were that a, stuff, a famous yeah. rock star and yeah and hip hop artist and all of that right and there's pictures of me with but seriously what did I do? I had long hair. I Nobody know. ever talks about my rock band. I had a rock band. We were called Today Special. We had three gigs. And, yes. And, and I had long that's hair. That's why no one ever talks about it. Well, they, there's a few people out there that could see this video who know about it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. That, uh, they, that they won't should also tell you something. Well, I went to music business school uh, before I went to seminary because I realized I won't ever be Bono, but I can make money off of someone yeah. who will. But here's <laughs> what I realized. I cut my hair off. I had long hair the day before I moved to Evansville to come work for you. Why are we talking about this? Because I knew... Because you, look, because this, it's an atrocity? No. Well, <laughs> my hair was a little bit ratty and needed to cut uh, anyway. But, no, it's just... I'm coming in. I'm new to the job, and I need to make an impression, and I'm about to teach And you cut your hair. It was the and point. And I cut my hair. You wanted to look respectable. Because I, I wanted people to take me seriously as, as their professor, especially because I'm actually... A, you're serious you're yeah. a serious well, scholar this, this much younger than our typical students and yeah. so i mean some guy in his early 50s is going to be looking at me with that no so my, my point is is first if you present yourself the way this person and this is important we need to talk about this this is a life lesson here first of all if you present yourself like a joke like this guy does and then you compound that with bad arguments you get people like me on trinity radio making fun of every single yeah, thing you asked do. for this is what you're saying right so in the video he has a picture of the, or the dad with the kids you know trying to implot make his implication that you go and do these very same things and this makes horrible things all over the world yeah and my thing is think for a second that this typical dad is the guy that you want to convince okay do you think a guy like you is going to convince a guy like him yeah that that's a right? good point you know so that's all I'm saying. It, He's going to make fun of you with more dad-like jokes than we would give. Yeah, so it's. I, I just don't understand the overall purpose of this video. Plus, why is this kid playing on the floor instead of having been sacrificed on Mount Moriah? Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. I, I, just, I can't follow anything about this video at all. Right. Well, and when it comes to the story of uh, Abraham and uh, sacrificing Isaac... Um, Did Abraham do it? Right. The, 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 you know, the reader... Is, is privy to information that Abraham was not even privy to, right. which is that God is going to provide another way. Although Abraham d does seem to, Abraham trusts God. Abraham knows, I mean, follow the story, man. Yeah. Abraham knows this son is going to be the child of promise, you know, and, and that this uh, great covenant is going to be born out through Isaac. And I'm sure that Abraham is thinking, this is the most strange thing in the world, but God wants me to do it. I trust him. And what does he tell the servants when he goes up on, on the we mountain? Will. We will return. We're going to go up there. We're going to sacrifice. We will return to you. We, will, we, we both yeah. of us, are going to come back down. Um, and and so, so he trusted God. But the point of the story, like no one ever reads this story and thinks I should sacrifice my kid because guess what? No kid gets sacrificed. Right. Uh, and it's to illustrate something, and it's well, a God's type <laughs> of the ultimate uh, yeah. sacrifice of, of Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. and in the same region and all those kind of things. But the the thing is, uh, later on, he comes back and says, this is a God who demands child sacrifice. No, it's not. Right. Molech was a God, and you look like one of his worshipers, frankly, <laughs> but Molech was a God who divided. Uh, yeah. So this is this never even shows up in the, in the story, what you're saying God did. Yeah. So did and, you have something you wanted to say? 
just I, I, look. I remember the Bible program. I don't know if you saw the Bible program. I did watch some of it. Okay, I do remember sitting there with my son Noah and that scene. Uh, I think that's where he got it, where Abraham was about to plunge the knife into Isaac. Mm-hmm. Now we have read that story to Noah before, mm-hmm. but watching it, yeah, it really did do a number on him. He was like, "That's just crazy," and he almost yeah. started tearing up. Like, what is going on here? And he knew the story, mm-hmm. and he knew that Isaac, you know, wasn't going to be put to death. Right. But there is something about that that visual that is powerful. Well, it's intended to be. Right. Like, what does God say to Abraham? He says, take your son, your only son, who you love. It's like he's <laughs> twisting the knife. Although yeah. some some uh, common, you know, I, I, t- I teach a thing on Genesis and I went through this. And some commentators uh, think that, no, actually, he's, he's actually trying to show his sympathy with Abraham. Yeah. One commentator went so far as to say that because of what God was commanding, even though God knew he wasn't going to let it be carried forth, if Abraham had said, I can't do this, that he wouldn't have been, like God wouldn't have counted it as disobedience to him. Now, I don't know. That's one commentator's uh, guess, you know, yeah. at this. But the bottom line is, it look, and this, this uh, most scholars see this as almost like a divine plea that is un, uncommon with God. It's almost like he's really going out of his way to show his sympathies with Abraham, even in, even in the midst yeah, of what he knows is going to be. Yeah, and imagine that this is why the faith of Abraham is held in such high regard because no matter what happened before he went up that mountain, he knew that it was going to be okay and that God was still going to deliver on his promises through Isaac. Right. So he, if it's a story about if faith. If I kill him, you know? God must be going to resurrect him. Right. And guess right. what? God did raise Jesus from the dead. So it's, Right. Gordon Winham says, Salvation is thus promised in the very decree that sounds like annihilation. In all of these ways, we see God's faithful tenderness cushioning the startling harshness of God's command. It's as though God is saying to Abraham, I'm testing your obedience and allegiance. You don't understand, but in light of all I've done and said to you, trust me, not even death can nullify the promise. Right, because what's principle number one? Death is not the end. There you go. Right? So you see, again, these things coming back together. All right. uh, The next thing he mentions is 1 Samuel 15.3. Now, uh, as so common with people who want to criticize uh, the consistency of the Bible or the morality of the Bible, he only quotes one verse. <laughs> the verse that he quotes is 1 Samuel 15, 3, which says, Now go and strike Amalek and uh, devote to destruction all that they have done. Do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Okay, sounds harsh, and it is harsh. I mean, you know, th- this is the kind of thing that even church folks look at and they're like, yeah, I mean, we're not, don't worry, we're not trying to whitewash it and say this is Disney World here in the Bible. I mean, we're right. saying this is harsh. The question is, is it duly harsh? Is there a good yeah. reason for this? And is there a way God can still be merciful in light of all these things? Now, this is, now what we're doing is what Greg Boyd calls, calls the best spin. This is what he, I'm reading uh, Crucifixion of the Warrior out right now. I've been reading it forever because it's long. But it's good, but I don't agree with his premise. But he's saying, well, aren't you just trying to put the best spin on this? Can't, isn't there another way? And maybe people offer like Boyd's cruciform hermeneutic where, well, we need to read these things through the lens of Christ and understand that God has allowed himself to be depicted in this way, but it's not really what God is like and all, all those. God is really like Jesus. So could somebody accuse us of saying, look, you're just trying to put the best spin on it? Not with these cases. 
Um, th there's a case that uh, Paul Copan goes into in his uh, Is God a Moral Monster, in which um, I, I don't know if I should really talk about it because it gets a little bit explicit, but, the, but it has something to do with the way you read it, the word that is used for cutting off your hand may mean to cut off your hand, or it might mean to shave a portion of your body, a very sensitive portion of your body. Um, maybe it can go either way. And so Paul Copan goes with that, I think, if I'm remembering it properly. And I remember when I read, read it, I thought, okay, you're admitting that you're maybe stretching it here. And, and I think the case like that is we're trying to put the best spin on it. But if God says, um, uh, in these cases, God tells us what his intentions are, and we know that he's ultimately just. These are just, the, the, the examples he picked are, are great examples for actually illustrating God's justice. This one, no less. This Amalekite, I said he only reads 1 Samuel 15.3, which is the one where it says God says go kill anything. Well, why? You know, a good reader will want to know, why did God say to kill these people? Well, start from 1 Samuel 15.1 and not 15.3. 15.1, it says, And Samuel said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people. Now therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I have noted that Amalek did to Israel, in, I've noted what Amalek did to Israel in opposing them on the way when they came out of Egypt. Now, go and strike Amalek, and then you get verse 3, where it says, go kill the uh, men, women, children, infants, the whole uh, horrible thing. Well, what is that referencing back to? Well, it's referencing back to Exodus chapter 17 and verse 8, which says, then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Raphidim. So Amalek uh, is guilty of a war crime against Israel. I'm not trying to put gravy on it and exaggerate it. That's what it was. It was a war crime against Israel. Uh, and then, in, so in Exodus 17, 14, uh, God says, write this in a book as a memorial and to recite it to Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. So God, the ultimate judge, right? He's, the, he's maximally just. He is the ultimate judge. Uh, and he's executing a judgment. It wasn't like a, it, and it wasn't like a crime of passion on God's part or in any way arbitrary. Way long before in Exodus, he said, one day the sentence for this is going to be that they're going to get wiped out. So then when we get to 1 Samuel 15, he says, it's time for that sentence. Yeah. It's a just judgment against war criminals. The very same people are the same kind of people who would definitely want Hitler killed, right? Yeah. This is a war crime. And as far as the infants and the children and the women are concerned uh, that die, uh, well, uh, that's not the end. And if, and, and at least with the infants and the children, God can uh, bring justice to the abused and to the abuser. All right, so again, perfect example. I don't think we're putting spin on it. I think we're looking at what God says, taking into account the characteristics we know about God, that he's just judge, all-knowing, and it just falls right in yeah. place. Or you want to be an anarchist who doesn't think we should ever judge anybody for anything or put anybody in prison for anything. Right, and that's what I'm wondering. You know, he says this, this belief in this God who doesn't exist and the belief in Satan who doesn't exist is... All the ills of the world. Okay, so that goes away. You still have human beings. Right. You're, what kind of utopia do you think you can replace um, outside of, you know, religious belief of any kind? What, 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 we saw that in the 20th century, trying to have, you know, from the Enlightenment forward, trying to have the utopia, and it resulted in the single uh, century in all of human history where they're the, the most, the most killed. killed ever. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. You know? So really what we're asking for here uh, with uh, 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 Torkey is we're talking, 
But we're talking about we're going. There's going to be judgments one way or the other. Yeah. The question is, do you want a divine judge who's all knowing and all loving and all merciful and can see all and can make sure it all works out the right way? A maximally great judge, or do you want some guy? Do you want Donald Trump? You know, that, this is basically what we're just trying to decide here. Yeah. You know? Remember, Donald Trump got elected president, so I mean, I don't think you probably like him that much either. Right. Right. But be careful what you wish for. Right, you know? right. God. It not only exists, he may answer your prayers, and then we end up with another 20th century, and just right because we've seen we've seen the fruit of of atheist regimes and and mm-hmm. irreligion, and it was a disaster, and we don't want to go back to that. You had yes. your, you had your shot, you know. Okay, so then he fires off uh, several rounds of he claims that it, the Bible's filled with sexism and homophobia, and even though I think we know the kind of things that he's referring to, he doesn't give us examples, so we can't really respond. Yeah. However, let me just comment on homophobia. Homophobia means the fear of homosexuals or homosexuality. God is not afraid of homosexuals or homosexuality. I am not afraid of homosexual people or homosexuality. I've got uh, close friends uh, from my past who uh, have struggled with same-sex attraction, at least one who is in a, you know, living out a homosexual lifestyle. I'm not afraid. I've gone to dinner with him. He's been at my house, stayed at my house, you know, all these kinds of things. That's not what's going on here. However, does if there is a God, right, because you're trying to find out is this internally consistent, if there is a God, if you're positing that much to examine it, and he is just, and he has a design that he intends for procreation, uh, also as an image of his relationship with the church later on and all that sort of thing, it's up to him to decide whether that's a part of his plan or not. Okay, That's not homophobia. Now, you may not like it, and we could have an interesting discussion about that, and I have great... Uh, sympathies with, and I, you know, I, I love my homosexual friends, and I think that in many cases the church has mistreated them. I'm willing to say that. However, uh, that doesn't that that doesn't mean we're homophobic, right? right. That's a different and, category. And, and, and Christians behaving poorly towards a people group in the past doesn't doesn't make their sins okay, right? It doesn't address the question of is it right or wrong in the eyes of the holy God, mm-hmm. and that that's a different question. Now, people are going to watch this, uh, and, and, and uh, 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 Terrence may watch this and roll his eyes and say, homosexuality is a sin? Oh my gosh, listen to these people. Well, yeah, okay, listen to these people. Like, listen you need to you. To, yeah. you need to take what we're saying seriously and not brush it off. You need, you need to try to present something logical, yeah. something that is structured that might actually convince someone more than the YouTube atheists what, what, who are already going to be convinced by what you're saying. Yeah. So, you, what are you going to say? Well, no, it's just... Uh, he he, he probably it would have been better had he said like bigot as opposed to homophobic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, at least get your word because yeah, homophobic is the wrong word. How God homophobic, right. or ain't, ancient Jews homophobic? Doesn't even anyway. It also tells me you're completely. You say you had a Christian upbringing, and so I'm presuming that you have relationships of some sort still with uh, yeah. people like us. Um, well. It just shows me that even given all of that, you are so out of touch with how church people yeah, actually Yeah, I'm sorry think. you grew up a homophobe, yeah. and you're trying to deal with that. Don't project that onto on, us. Right, don't, don't, don't blame that on We us. love gay people. God loves gay people. Right, wants them to be you saved know. and stop living in sin. That's, yeah, yeah. You know. Okay, he criticizes God for... Wants an- straight people to stop living in sin, too. It's, it has sure. nothing to do with... Sure. You know, we're not singling that out, you know. No, and we you always get criticized. Yeah. We have always get... Please... We've got multiple episodes where we talk about that whole thing. Yeah. And I think you'll find it to be a very 
sober-minded approach to this whole thing. Right. You know? But he made it an issue. Christians right. are... Why are you? Why are you so obsessed with that issue? Right. Why, what, what, okay. What baggage do you he, have? He criticizes God for animal sacrifice, human sacrifice, and the killing of children. Okay. First of all, uh, human sacrifice and the killing of children. Okay. The only you're thinking of Isaac because that's what you brought up. The only real example of some sort of a human sacrifice would be Jesus on the cross, and that would require a whole lot more, you know, basis for understanding. God is yeah. not a god uh, of child sacrifice, okay? That is not, the, that is Molech, again, uh, the guy that you dressed up for today. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but, but, uh, so the killing of children, human sacrifice, animal sacrifice, okay, what, what are you getting at here? Is it just, this is again, it's like an impressionistic argument. And you have no idea, it's about to be fire pit season, how many animals right. I'm going to sacrifice over my right. fire pit. And Come. him too. I don't believe him. I think he right. eats animals. <laughs> right. but, but no, he's a vegan. Remember? Well, he didn't say he was a vegan. No, we have no idea if he's a vegan. Yeah. I'm not a vegan, and I, I and, and there many of animals are going to be sacrificed to the to to uh, my fire pit. <laughs> but but to your stomach. Yeah. But the, it's going to be thing, good. The thing. It's the not thing, religious though. Right. But the thing I'm about it is, it's called dinner. He's trying yeah. to be, and this we see a lot with YouTube atheists and, yeah. and, and with Hitchens type people, and I really want you all to get this. It's an impressionistic type of non-argument where he's just saying animal sacrifice. You know, it's like, yeah, what? What about him? What's the problem? Well, just, you know, animal sacrifice. That's not an argument. That's you just being disgusted at something because of the very provincial, narrow-minded 21st century world in which you live. Uh, yeah, Judaism uh, before the destruction of the temple was a religion of animal sacrifice. Get over it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's that's. We could talk about why why yeah. God did that, and really, ultimately, uh, how that pictured something, and yeah. how the things that they could and couldn't eat all had to do with the divisions that they're supposed and how to make. And just about from every bit of the animal was used too. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, but you can't just and like with a lot of the you, homosexuality, uh, animal sacrifice. Okay, you're just saying words. Like, right. what's your argument, you know? Right. Okay, so, uh, okay. I mean, the, the, he, he is, he is, um, his, he doesn't have an argument. What he's, he, these are just buzzwords to people who already agree with him. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. You're YouTube atheist crowd. Right. But that's, I mean, so you're ranting because you're not really making an argument and you're not doing anything that will convince anyone who disagrees with you to come agree with you. Right. So he criticizes Christian parents for teaching that the Bible is It's like is me true. saying goth and get a haircut. and <laughs> Yeah. That stuff, no, you didn't and hear. You did, you did do that. Right. And <laughs> but you did give an argument. Look respectable if you're trying to convince right. respectable people. Right. right. But even at the end of the day, nobody heard that. <laughs> nobody heard me picking on this guy for right. not dressing appropriately for the occasion right. and not acting his age. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I get it. But still, you're... Try to have some substance. What is the goal here? At least, like with the other, the, the Hindu people have a goal. Come check out Hinduism. Yeah, because of this, 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 and this. Well, he does give us his goal. His goal. Uh, well, he criticizes Christian parents for teaching that the Bible is true, and if they don't worship God, they'll go to hell. And he calls this mental child abuse and asks, "Should we allow it? Like, presumably, should it be legal?" which we also did a show on that. That was yeah. the episode where Pritchett Prime was born. Yeah. But, um, but okay, so, so we got free speech issues here. But, you know, look, that just begs the question of whether we're talking about something real here. 
with hell and uh, all these things in the Bible. Right, you don't think they're real. But if they are real, what you're doing is incredibly lackadaisical towards some very serious very issues. You're sitting, That's very yeah. abusive, yeah. Uh, so you're just begging the question of whether or not it's real. Like, I used to, because my father had health issues and stuff, he had a bleeder's disease, yeah. still does. When I was young, like younger than most people thought about these things, I was all the time worried that my dad was going to die of blood disease. I was also worried about my own physical health and about cancer and stuff like that. Someone might say, uh, that's horrible that, that your parents led you to believe in cancer. That is child abuse. Well, not if cancer is real, right? Yeah. That's a facet of reality, and it's perfectly reasonable right. to inform children of it. But let's also, I, I teach every night, I teach my kids. We have Bible time. Yeah. I know that you do. Yeah. Y'all are way more creative because y'all do big scrolls and stuff, <laughs> uh, which you probably need to make videos for. Yeah. Um, you know how much we talk about hell? About as much as the Bible about does. About as much as the Bible's going to say. You know say. how much the Bible talks about hell? Well, Jesus talked about it four times. Yeah. <laughs> and that's more than anyone else in the Bible. Right, right. But it was really only four times. You just get it in the parallels. Um, yeah. If you count up all the parallels, it's four times. Yeah. We do talk about hell. And there are various beliefs about hell. But hell doesn't loom. Read the book of Acts. How often is hell mentioned in the book of Acts? And the preaching of the gospel. Yeah, it's not mentioned. Well, judgment and stuff like that is occasionally right, mentioned. Right, but hell. It doesn't loom over all Christian discourse. Right. Now, in some circles it does. We're not that one-dimensional. Right. It is a dimension yeah. that needs to be discussed, but right. we're not... We're not so I don't fixated. tell my kids, you need to live like a Christian because you'll go to hell if you don't. Number one, they need to believe the gospel, right? And because they the believe gospel the gospel is not just about becoming born right. again. The, and then you live for God yeah. in sanctification. It's about being a part of a kingdom. Yes, and, and growing to be more human, Yeah. right? And so that's what I talk to my kids about. I don't say, <laughs> you better go clean your room. Yeah, this, what I, you know, it, it is somewhat like a... Like 1920s backwoods, like you better eat your dinner or else the devil's gonna, you're gonna roast hell. You, know, right. like, you better listen to your mommy and daddy or else the devil's gonna drag you off. See, you know, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. The, 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 there are multiple, like you said. If I can channel my inner Sark, hell is basically this video. Because uh, listening to this guy. It does kind of look like the programming in hell. Right. <laughs> that would be hell to listen yeah. to this guy talk and give bad arguments. But I just do not find, in my Christian experience, terrified kids filling children's church. Well, you know, I mean, honestly... I don't find terrified kids filling Wednesday night um, game night at church. No. You just, you just don't see this idea of mental abuse. Are you serious? These kids in church are typically happier. You're right. You don't you know? see that a lot. Where, How, are, where is all this However, I don't... I, I'll, I'll give him this much. I don't think he's alone in being a kid. When he was a kid, he's worried about hell. The, the thing is... It all does come back down to whether it's real or not. If it's if it's real, then you know what we do. We do that with what we do with cancer. Like if a kid's worrying all the time that he's going to get cancer, yeah. we don't tell him, okay, that's obviously, cancer's not real. No, 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 that's lying. What right. you do is you say, you seem to have an irrational fear of cancer. Yeah. And we say to our kids, if they're stuck on hell, you, you seem to have an irrational fear of hell. Right. If you, if you trust God, if you have committed your life to him, the promise is everlasting life, and you don't need to worry about yeah, hell anymore. Yeah, it's not a thing for yeah. you. Besides, uh, I, I don't ever recall discussing hell in that context. I don't see it as mental abuse. You know what's mental abuse? 
you know what my daughter would call mental abuse? If you don't clean your room, I'm taking your cell phone. Yeah, right. That's more traumatizing to yeah. my daughter to lose her cell phone over something than if you don't follow this religion or believe in Jesus, you'll go to hell. Right. So, I mean, this guy's notion of mental child abuse is so far detached from reality that I think whatever mind conjures up these ideas about it being abused, whether it's him or Richard Dawkins or whoever's making these ridiculous claims. Yeah. And so how's your parenting? So go check out, uh, for a whole show on that, go check out our episode um, on the audio version of the podcast on transhumanism and uh, spiritual child abuse, and you'll get all you want on that. Last thing, he asks the viewer to help create a world where children are taught that they are beautiful, free beings with infinite potential. Now, okay. That's exactly what my kids learn okay. in church. Yeah, the, all right, right. In fact, that's that's the only place you can get that. Right. Because the thing is, beautiful, okay, well, beauty is just a uh, an innovation of human beings, unless there is a God, is back to the argument from beauty. These are some theistic arguments you might want to study. The, yeah. the argument from beauty is the idea that uh, things are beautiful and other things are not beautiful because there is a standard for like beauty and ugliness and, and all that kind of yeah it's yeah that beautiful. is objective. I would I, this this is really going out on a limb and you, you you had to convince me of this years ago but I will go out on a limb and say that is objectively not beautiful right <laughs> what this, Twiggy looked like there. right in the um, video but uh, but but you want them to be beautiful well you only get things like beauty value statements if there's a God right. uh, free well if you're right and there is no God and no Satan then guess what. That means that the, we live in a closed system of cause and effect because uh, you don't seem like the type of person that wants to posit some kind of, um, uh, you know, non-naturalist spiritual realities and things. So if there's no God and, and it's materialism and the universe is a closed system of cause and effect, determinism is true. Yeah, you and if determinism free. is true, you are the least free <laughs> of any right. worldview, right? right. Uh, okay. And then beings with infinite potential. No, the very concept of you dying and that being the end means it's extremely finite potential. Right. You know? <laughs> so you want, you want infinite potential? Well, infinite everlasting, we can give you everlasting potential. How about that? Right. We can offer you that, but all those things, I'm sorry, Twiggy, you don't get those from uh, no God and no Satan and no supernatural. You get that from biblical Christianity. Right. Your worldview gives you nothing that you want. So to bring it all back around, the oh, but your worldview did already give us the 20th century. Thank you. We're done with that. Yeah, we're we don't we think the death is too much. Yeah, gulag not so much free, right? But principles for this show: death is not the end. Judgment is actually a good thing if carried out by a worthy judge. And uh, one last thing on that, like. I'm, I might be become, I'm not pacifistic, but I, I'm leaning more toward something nonviolent. Like War that. is bad. Yeah, I agree. Be, be, well, because the thing about it is like when Moses or Joshua brought a, brought some kind of a military attack, they had the most perfect commander telling them to do that. God yeah. himself, who's completely omniscient. When some modern leader says, well, I prayed about it. Well, Okay. But I don't think you heard God's voice like they did. Right. So I don't have the confidence in you today that I had in God. But you're asking me to have more confidence in modern rulers than I had in God. It doesn't yeah. work. And, and again, those, those instances that he referred to are not everlasting mandates to go and do likewise. Those Absolutely. I don't even know where that came up with. Right. They're highly contextualized events in the history of one particular nation. For their survival, by the way. Okay, last thing that we want to mention to you, please don't go away. Don't, 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 don't turn off your phone or whatever, because I know that some of you click off when we start talking about Trinity and all that, but 
What I want to tell you is first is for the first time ever, and we're going to, we may do another little video and talk about uh, the Patreon account, but we are making a we have made a Patreon account, and you can now, if you so choose, we've never done this before, it's not what we're about, but you can now financially give and to the show and support the show. Why are we doing this? Is it because we are televangelists? No. He has the hair for it, but I don't. I'm not a televangelist. Even when I go to churches, I don't ask for money. If they don't pay me, I don't get paid. Uh, what I'm do what the reason we're doing this is number one, we have had people uh over the past year, I'd say, ask us, is there a way we can give to Trinity Radio? Like, we love Trinity, we love your evangelistic ministry, but is there a way I can give to Trinity Radio? Well, so we wanted to offer a way for people to give to Trinity Radio. Another thing is, we want to make this show bigger and better, and now I think we have more of a direction and a purpose than we've ever had before in the history of the show. We would like to be able to respond to more videos, and hopefully more people will hear the gospel. When we take when we make one of these shows this season, we take that video and put it in the YouTube comments, if we can, of the person whose video we're responding to. And every single episode so far this year has resulted in comments on our uh, 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 page, on our YouTube channel on the old internet box machine. And I have been evangelizing those people and sharing the gospel with them. And so we see this as a positive, beneficial thing and a resource going forward. Uh, if you don't give, that's fine. If you do want to give, then uh, then we have a way for you to do that now. And uh, we're going we're gonna to start putting credits up and mentioning the people that give to the Patreon account. You can give in any amount that you want. And so uh, we encourage you to do that uh, just by uh, biz, biz, I'll tell you what, I don't know exactly how we're going to make it public. So, uh, go to our Facebook, uh, Trinity radio page or go to the Trinity radio uh, primetime discussion, Facebook group. Join if you're not. And join that if you're not yet joined. And uh, if nothing else, we'll link it on my website, braxtonhunter.com. So just go to braxtonhunter.com, click on the Trinity radio tab or something, and we'll have it there in an obvious way. Um, we really would appreciate it. What we want to do is we're not going to get rich off of this. What we want to do first and foremost. But if you want to send enough money that we do, we'll yeah, take it. I mean, we, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying, honestly, I'm not saying we're never going to pocket some money out of this. But what we primarily want to do with this money is to update our set, get some better equipment, um, and, you know, better cameras, stuff like that. And even promote the show a little bit online so that yeah. more people can know about it and so that the gospel can be preached in a much wider way to a type of audience that doesn't necessarily get it in the conventional ways. Anything you want to add to that, Dr. Pritchett? Um, help. As always, visit us at trinitysem.edu and talk to us about becoming a student at Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary. Best seminary in the world. Uh, I think so. And uh, you can learn from great people like uh, Dr. Jonathan Pritchett. Dr. Steve Gregg. Dr. Steve Gregg. Dr. Leighton Flowers. Dr. Braxton Hunter. Dr. Uh, Jim Ingrid Dr. Buckwagler. Dr. Chatham. Who? Daphne White. Rob Ely. Rob Ely, everybody. So there's all kinds of people you can learn from. Some Calvinists. Some not. Some egalitarians. Some not. Some young earthers. Some not. It's just crazy. All the conservative evangelical positions, uh, well, I don't know if they're all represented, but a lot of 
those positions are there. We're a non-denominational school. We are committed to uh, fundamental truths that we will not equivocate on, and uh, so you can trust that what you're getting is a conservative theological education. Amen. Please come and talk to us at trinitysem.edu, but if you want to learn informally, um, shame on you, but we have a venue for that too. You can audit classes, or you can, again, visit us at braxonhunter.com or keep watching these YouTube videos. We also want you to check out our sister podcast, Teriology 101, The Bible Throwdown, and The Narrow Path. Yep, and you can do that by visiting the Trinity Commission group uh, over there uh, on, Facebook. on yeah, Facebook. I forgot what they call that. The one that's it's kind of a blue site in gray. Facebook, I think that's sure it's not MySpace. I don't know. All right, we'll see you next time on Trinity Radio.